I just want to say to you, Ray, and Sharon, and CFI, we want to publicly thank you for supporting a clothing distribution center and on Mount Carmel, a rehabilitation center, a women's refuge, Arab congregation, and uh, you've been a tremendous blessing to us, and we, we all appreciate it. Amen. <clears throat> I'd like to read from Matthew chapter 23. And before we read this, I, I would just like to share this from my heart. I believe that uh, we've entered an hour of capitulation or surrender in especially the Western nations. And uh, as the Western nations and uh, university professors and professional people and even priests and vicars and denominations and business people and governments attempt to delegitimize the nation of Israel in an onslaught uh, that seems to gather momentum with anti-Semitism sweeping, especially the Western nations. I believe the Lord has drawn a line and he's measuring Jerusalem. And I would like to say to those of you that have come to the nations, God bless you for coming. God bless you for standing with Israel. It's going to get more difficult. And my prayer has been for you this week that God will bless you, bless your families, bless your congregations, bless your communities and your nation because he's looking for some people to stand in the gap for his people Israel in these last days. And you are the hope as you take the message of the truth of Jerusalem and Israel back to your nation. And so we thank you and we applaud you and we bless you for coming. Uh, in Matthew chapter 23, I'm going to read verses 37, 38, and 39, which are very well known to all of us. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. These words of our Messiah and Lord and Redeemer, Yeshua, as he wept over Jerusalem and evidently left the temple for the last time, presumably on his way to the Mount of Olives, I want to share with you, I feel inadequate to talk about these because the Lord has been doing something in me that I feel he wants me to try to share what little I can with you about these words. As he went up on the mount and his disciples said, tell us about the last days. And he 
prophesied the destruction of the temple, went into Matthew 24. Of course, there were no chapters in the Bible. It's all one flow from him weeping over Jerusalem. And as he prophesied that many would be, see, would be deceived, people would be persecuted, the agape love of many would grow cold, many would be offended, and those who endure to the end would be saved. But the gospel would go forth to the ends of the earth. I see here two thrusts of what he is speaking to us today. Number one, the Jewish people, the Jewish nation will say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And this gospel, as the, as the dry bones and the army of Israel comes to life, will impact the world like never before. It will be life from the dead. And so, as I have been meditating on this, this, these words of our Savior, I began to think, as he said these, and he knew what was coming, I wonder if he even, in his great love for Jerusalem, the city where he's placed his name, did he think at all about the past? What had happened there? What might have been? What hadn't happened there? The first time we hear about Jerusalem, Abraham has rescued Lot, and he meets this mysterious stranger named Melchizedek, Melchizedek, the king of righteousness from the king of Salem, Jerusalem, who is a priest of the Most High God. And Melchizedek brings out bread and wine and has this, breaks bread and drinks wine with Abraham, who then pays him a tithe. Think about the father and the son in eternity, looking down on that scene, knowing that it all points to Jesus, that he would come according to the order of Melchizedek with an endless life to give to those who would receive his perfect gift. Did Jesus think about that when he wept over Jerusalem? Did he think about Abraham bringing his only son, Isaac, to Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, ready to sacrifice him? The first time in the Bible love is mentioned is when Abraham was ready to sacrifice his son Isaac. The first time worship is mentioned, Ishtakaveh, means falling on your face in prostration before the Lord. And when he offered his only son, what did the father and the son feel? Did Jesus think about this? He could have turned and it happened over there. And he and the father in eternity knew it all pointed to the perfect sacrifice that he would bring to Jerusalem for you and me. The memories, the thoughts, the passion, the heartbreak of Jesus for this city and for this people. Did he think about David when they attacked Jerusalem 
Jerusalem is a place of war. The enemy is trying to stop God's purposes and always has. Trying to destroy the Messiah, trying to destroy the Jewish people. And it's, today it's the same thing. Did he think of David when David said, I will buy the threshing floor and I will pay the full price where a temple, the temple to the living God, the testimony of who God is, would be built. Every work of God in this city is built on a threshing floor. The Lord threshes out, as John the Baptist prophesied, the Lord would come and baptize us with Holy Spirit and fire and would thoroughly thresh out the chaff. And the, the Lord Jesus, every time one of these events occurred, and as he and, and the Father in eternity experienced and saw what was happening in Jerusalem, David's heart for worship. I was talking with a friend tonight about when he, when he had a sound from the Lord and he couldn't, didn't know how to make it, he created an instrument and knew worship and sat in the presence of God in the tabernacle of David in this little booth that he made in the presence of God. And the Lord is restoring the tabernacle of David. It begins with intimacy with Jesus, the way David did in Second Samuel chapter 7. And then the glorious temple. And the people came from the ends of the earth to see the glory of Solomon and how he fell away near, near the end and the civil war came and the destruction of the temple. Jesus, when he looked at Jerusalem, 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 how I've longed to gather you as a mother chick gathers her hen uh, under her wings, but you would not. The heartbreak of Jesus... For this place, the destruction of the temple, the regathering, he said, I will bring them back. And they came back and rebuilt the second temple when he himself came as a baby not far from here. When he rode into the city on a donkey and they cheered him and they praised him and within days things changed as he wept in the garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane, Gethsemane means oil press. He was being pressed out here in this place, in this city. His tears are in the earth and the stones of Jerusalem. It was here that he wept. And as he wept in the garden and was pressed out beyond measure in an oil press so that you and I might have the oil of the Holy Spirit he knew all of this was going to happen. He, did he think about the past? Did he think what was happening then? What was going to happen, happen soon afterwards? Not only did he pour his tears out here, and those who sow in tears will reap with joyful shouting. Hallelujah. He sowed his tears here. The shouting is coming. Praise God. Not only did he sow his tears here, he sowed his divine human blood in this place, in this earth, as he died on the cross for our sins. He knew all this was about to happen. As he wept over Jerusalem, as he cried over Jerusalem, as he prophesied over Jerusalem, he knew what was coming in the destruction of the temple. I have a, a friend, a, a Jewish believer in London who's a scholar, and he tells me 
that in the destruction of, of, of the temple by the Romans, by Titus, that not only were, did two-thirds of the Jewish people die or disappear or go into slavery, but over 900,000 Jews were crucified. And the reason the Romans stopped is they ran out of wood. Jesus knew this. As Jesus wept, as Jesus looked at the city and realized what was coming upon them, what had happened before, and what they were, they were about to enter into. You know, Jesus saw it all. My friends, this is what all I really have to share with you. We have good teaching. Praise God. Praise God for last night. Praise God for Lance Lambert. Praise God for Derek Prince. Praise God for the teachers. Praise God for the, the, the truth about Jerusalem and Israel that is there for seeking hearts to find in the, in the scriptures, in the Bible. And we need this. But my friends, we need to receive a little piece of Jesus' heart for Jerusalem. And, and that's what I've been asking him. Would you give me as unqualified as I am, a little piece of your heart. I was walking the streets early this morning as the sun came up, looking at the people, asking for the Lord to give me a little piece of his heart. Arabs who are angry, waiting for buses, ultra-Orthodox Jews, secular Jews, that would the Lord please give me a little piece of his heart. And my prayer for this conference is that we would all receive a little more, a little piece of the heart of Jesus to take back to your congregations, back to your families, back to your prayer life, back to your homes, back to your nations. That our intercession would be mingled with the tears and the coming joy of Jesus. When Jesus stopped at Bethany, as he evidently enjoyed doing, the home of Martha and, and Mary and, and, and Lazarus. And when he said to Mary, after literally Martha rebuked the Savior for not telling him to, her to help out when I think she already had, but sat at the feet of Jesus, he said, oh, Martha, 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 you are distracted with so much serving. We have to serve. We're supposed to be servants. But she's chosen the good part sitting it's the heart of the intercessor her heart was beating with jesus how do we know this when lazarus died and, Je and jesus came martha was the first one running out to meet him where were you where were you and when mary finally came all the jewish mourners they followed mary you go home and read it in john chapter 11 and 12 they followed Mary, and it says the village of Mary and Martha. It may have been Martha's house, but it was Mary's village. The anointing on Mary, Miriam is her real name in Hebrew, the anointing that was upon her when she washed his feet, when she wept over his feet, when she broke her alabaster box, and the whole house was filled with that aroma. And he said, she's done this 
for my burial. And this story will be told whenever the gospel is preached. My friends, that is the heart of an intercessor. You can have all the theology right, but without a little piece of the heart of Jesus, somehow Mary, her heart was beating with his as he was about to face crucifixion for you and me. And all the other believers there, they didn't get it. Even the apostles, it was the lady that sat at his feet. So, brothers and sisters, I believe the Lord wants to release. I say this with great humility. Who am I to speak for the heart of the Lord? I know he's speaking it to me. A little piece of his heart. That when you see the news and you get angry or when you read, remember Jesus weeping over the city. Remember his great love and longing and the coming glory of Jerusalem. Now let's talk about the future for a moment. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4 verse 1. In that day seven women shall take hold of one man. Saying we will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our approach. Now I know this can represent widows who lost their men in wars and wars past, wanting to, have, wanting, wanting to be married and wanting to have a name with a man and so on. And I, that, that's, that's okay, maybe that is true. But I believe there's something so much deeper here. These, here we see seven women seizing, grabbing, reaching for, trying to take a hold of one man. Seven is the biblical number of completion and perfection. Seven is the fullness of the body of Messiah in the last days, according to Revelations chapter 1. There will be seven menorahs, seven candlesticks, which represent the fullness of the church with Jesus standing in the middle. I see this as believers in Jerusalem and the nations, in Israel and the nations, reaching out to Jesus. Who is this man? Who is the man that they're after? Who is the man that they're longing for? Who is the man that our nation needs? Who is the man that England needs? Who is the man that America needs? We need this, this great, deep, profound seizure of Jesus, and we won't let him go. The, the word in Hebrew means they're grasping onto him. They're hanging onto him. They need him. And they, that he will take away our shame. That he will take away the shame of the nation. That he will take away our shame when we sin. That, that we will be called by his name, by his character. It's a picture of the body of Messiah for me. That this is where we're going. The body of Messiah needs to so attach themselves to Jesus. We get caught up in inconsequential stuff. It's all about him. He needs to be the center of everything. And here is this wonderful picture, this incredible Revelation that Isaiah received. Look at verse 2. In that day, the branch, there's the man. The branch is Jesus. The branch is Yeshua. In that day, when seven, when a real, the real body, when the believers, when you and I seize and grab and hang on to Yeshua and get a hold of his heart and pray like we've never prayed before and dance like we've never prayed before and move like we've never prayed before. In that day, look what it says. The branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious. 
The fruit of the earth shall be excellent and appealing, and those of Israel who have escaped, for those of Israel who have escaped. There are four words here that all deal in the book of Isaiah with the majesty of God. The branch, the one who's coming forth, will restore the temple. It's the same word. That's what Zechariah says. The four words for majesty here, when we look at beautiful and glorious, excellent and majesty, they're all about the Messiah. Not only is he the branch, not only is he the son of God, but he is also the one who died, whose body was put in the earth of this city. He is our first fruits. We just celebrated the Feast of First Fruits. It's, it's, the, it's the day after the last uh, Shabbat of Passover, 50-some days ago. The Feast of First Fruits, when a, a wave loaf was waved without any leaven. It's Jesus. He's the first fruits. He's been sacrificed for us. We know this from 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says so. This is all about a body, the fullness longing for intimacy and relationship in deeper measure than we've ever had before with the Son of Man, Yeshua. And he says, verse 3, when that happens, and it shall come to pass that who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem shall be called holy, everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. Verse 4, when the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. There is judgment coming. He always judges sin. We are going to go through difficult times we just have in the north. We're praying a shield across the north now. We know that there are going to be battles in Jerusalem. We know Gog and Magog. You all know the theology. You've read it. We know that difficult times are coming. But listen to me. In the midst of it, travail will bring triumph. The travail of Jesus that he wept over this nation and still does. As we enter into these difficult times, the glory of God is going to be revealed. The glory of God is being revealed in China like probably no time in the history of the body of Messiah. The per persecution and things that they're going through there, the great move of the Holy Spirit, I believe it happens simultaneously. And it's going to happen here simultaneously. And I believe the scripture, that's, this is what it's all about. That when this burning and this judgment comes, verse 5, then the Lord, look, look at this, will create above every dwelling place on Mount Zion and above her assemblies, above her meetings, above her congregations, a cloud and of smoke by day and the shining of a flame of fire by now for all the glory, over all the glory there will be a sukkah, a bridal covering. That's what the word is in Hebrew. My Bible says a covering. There will be a bridal sukkah. You know what a sukkah is? When we do weddings here in Israel, it's the covering with the with four poles and the bride and groom sta sta stand on, on, uh, under, I mean the chupa. We're talking about a chupa. The sukkah's coming right after this. My wife said, David, you got the wrong word. Hallelujah. Listen to your wife. A chupa will be over, how many of you have been to a Jewish wedding? Raise your hand. Isn't it beautiful? When you, we know who the covering is. There will be a, a chupa. 
for the bridal remnant and the bride of Christ to come back to Jerusalem for the wedding. Hallelujah. In the midst of all these things that are coming, there are going to be these seven women, the body of Messiah in its fullness, hanging on to the Lord Yeshua, and we will see the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now look at verse Verse 6, and there will be a sukkah, here's the sukkah, a tabernacle of shade in the daytime for the heat and a place of refuge and for shelter from storm and for rain. How is this going to happen? I don't know. But my Bible just says, I read it, he will create it. It is with divine power that he will bring the glory, the coming glory, back to Jerusalem. It is written, he has said it. He will do it. We believe it. We stand on it. He has regathered the nation. He is reconciling them to the Lord. He is he's starting to pour out a, a move of the Holy Spirit in the nation. I was thinking about the Holy Spirit over all the assemblies, a hoopah over every assembly. You know, when we, we made Aliyah in 1989, there weren't many assemblies here in, uh, in Jerusalem. It's a new day, Rick. Hallelujah. And now there's assemblies everywhere. And just think of a hoopah over each one, and many, many more, and on Mount Carmel, and all over the land. The bridal relationship of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we're coming back for his bride. You know, it's wonderful to see the growth of the body of Messiah. When we come to Jerusalem, when we see what's happened on Mount Carmel and all across the north, now there are barns for the harvest all the way from the Sea of Galilee to the Mediterranean. Up on the top of Mount Carmel, our building, and then others, and Jewish, and Arab. All, it's all new. I mean, it is the beginnings of the first drops of the rain. And the great outpouring of the rain is coming to Jerusalem and to our, our city. Now, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Out of Zion, perfect beauty, who is Jesus, and us as his reflection forth city. It's the coming glory of Jerusalem. Now I'm asking him to give us a little piece of his heart. And you know, there's nothing more precious, I think, for a servant of the Lord like you and, and myself, hopefully, to receive and embrace a little piece of the burden of the Lord. It's fuel. It's fire for intercession. His tears, his love, his joy. He will shout over us with joyful singing. The Lord your God is in the midst of you is mighty. He will be quiet in his love. All of this is coming and already has in some measure. So I'd like to take a moment as Karen and, the team, and Rick and the team comes and prophesy over Jerusalem. And you do it with us. And we will prophesy together the words of Jesus. And as they come, would you just bow your head in prayer? Holy Spirit, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you that you do the unthinkable. I thank you, Jesus, that you released your Holy Spirit. You create in us what, what we can never put there. So Yeshua and Abba, Abba, I thank you for the promise of the Father that was poured out in this city. I thank you how it's gone to the ends of the earth, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray right now 
that Holy Spirit, could you take a little piece of the burden you carry, the Father carries, and especially Yeshua carries, who walked these streets, who wept in this place, who bled in this place, who is so longing for the fruition of his ministry to come to its fullest. We thank you, Lord, that we will enter into this new season after 40 years you have the reconciliation of, 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 the, of the city but now Lord it's time for a move of your spirit as we enter deeper into your heart cry for the city of Jerusalem and the glory of the God that will be revealed here could we stand Lord release your heart we want to touch your heart we can't do anything without your heart, Lord. Lord, touch us. Touch us. Touch us, we pray. Touch us, we pray. Jerusalem. Sing this for Israel. Our whole nation will sing this.
Lord Jesus, would you touch us deeply with your spirit that we may walk and live and breathe and have our being under your bridal kuppah that we would live in a sukkah moving on with you in deep deep intimacy as you weep over Jerusalem and as you shout with joy over Jerusalem Lord thank you for your heart for this city this people and this nation we receive it we embrace it Lord I pray you will help us take your heart in deeper measure to our homes to our nations that we might be used of the Lord in the salvation of the nation of Israel and all Israel shall be saved sharing that challenge with us tonight to ask the Lord just to share just a little piece of his heart for this city, this special city that is so dear to his heart. May it be dear to our hearts as well. You may be seated. <clears throat> 